Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris. With me always is the Chewy to my Han Solo, Tony. Say hi, Tone. <laughs> hey, that hi. wasn't too bad. <laughs> nah, I didn't know if it was going to be as good. <laughs> what up, Proton Packers? It's a, another week with uh, more uh, geek and nerd news. And uh, the good news is that there's plenty to talk about. So uh, might as well just get on into it. Let's do this. Episode four, back in it. Let's do yeah. this. Back in black. Or green. Well, to, hey, I'm proud of you. This is two weeks in a row you didn't you didn't uh, get, the, get the title of the show goofed up. Yeah, I nailed it right out of the gate. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. The voice that runs the place. There you go. All right. First story is uh, Chris Hardwick. He made his uh, return to AMC uh, this past Sunday night uh, with Talking Dead. And uh, it, it was an emotional return. Uh, obviously, he went through uh, being temporarily let go uh, by AMC while they did a uh, investigation into the allegations from his former girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra. Uh, we reported a couple weeks ago that they decided to reinstate him after they did their investigation. And uh, as I mentioned, this past Sunday was his return back. Uh, didn't come without uh, a little bit of a fallout. Uh, apparently, co-executive producer Jen Patton, uh, who worked with uh, Chris on uh, talking with Chris Hardwick, talking preacher, talking Saul, um, her and a handful of staff members decided to quit the show as a result. Uh, they basically said that uh, they felt they couldn't stay after Chloe was not part of the investigation. But Chloe had mentioned uh, last Friday that uh, she stood by everything she said, uh, but she wasn't going to interfere anymore, and that uh, AMC made their decision, and that's the decision they decided to stick with. So uh, as Hardwick came back, uh, he got on a little teary-eyed, and instead of uh, starting out with a, uh, a sort of a recap of the show, um, you know, his words were... Uh, well, might as well read it. Hi, you know, normally I recap the show we're talking. Uh, boy, let me restart that. <laughs> Boom. Hi, you know, normally I recap the show we're about to talk about here. But instead, I really just want to take a minute. And I want to say that I'm so appreciative to be standing right here and now. And I want to thank you, the Walking Dead community, for all your support these last couple of months. The show is not just a job to me, it is a vital part of my life. This has been a sanctuary these last seven years we've been here. This has been with me through good times and bad times, and I have so much gratitude to you, the fans, and the producers, and the amazing casts of both these shows for allowing me to come here and be a part of the community every week. This is what this is. This is a community, and we're on the precipice of a lot of big changes on both Walking Dead shows in the coming weeks and months, and I am so looking forward to going on that journey with you. And I've said the following words a million times, countless times, and yet I have never been more thankful than I am in this very moment to say to you that I am Chris Hardwick, and this is The Talking Dead. Um, so, Chris is back. What do you think, Tom? Yes, Chris. It's like he's back from the dead. I'm walking dead. I, I like it. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, I you know, 
it's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, he had a chance. He didn't get a chance to defend himself. He was just accused guilty without being proven guilty. And he was being punished for it. So I'm glad they did the uh, due diligence. They they took him off. They basically suspended him. And they removed him from uh, Comic-Con panels. And they and they removed him while they did their investigation. And they came up with they didn't have anything. They brought him back. And as far as the producers and stuff that quit, hey, Chris and I here, we'll come work on The Talking Dead. I mean, we'll do the podcast and we'll work on the show. Just throwing that out there, Hardwick. Absolutely. And anyone that's listening. Yeah. <laughs> We're available. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got time, man. And I'm already walking dead nine out of 10 times of the week. <laughs> and uh, speaking of podcasts, I hope he restarts his ID10T podcast. He gets some great uh, people to interview, um, but I haven't seen anything pop up on my iTunes recently. But obviously, he's sort of just getting going again. Yeah. I think that's great. This is, uh, and, and it's not up to us to see if he did anything. I know that's some people won't watch it anymore because maybe they felt like uh, they won't support him or whatever. And that's fine. But good for Chris Hardwick. Good for uh, Walking Dead fans and Talking Dead fans. And uh, looking forward to catching some of these shows again. I just unfortunately not to knock anything, but I'm not a uh, Fear the Walking Dead kind of guy. I just couldn't get into it. So Yeah, I tried the first season. It was okay, but it just didn't hold me the same way the original Walking Dead does. Yeah, now they're, uh, from what I was reading, the show's caught up with the current Walking Dead now, and they debuted their first flying walkers in this episode. Really? Yeah, I'm curious to see how they did that. Yes! Rocket ship! So, so I mean, obviously you haven't been watching it, but I would assume I, just, I assume they did some sort of time jump to catch up with the current Walking Dead. Yeah, um, they they did that, and it's just kind of like when we get into season nine of The Walking Dead, they're jumping into a couple years after the the big showdown with Negan. So, and that's that must be the big changes they're talking about on the show. That makes sense. Yeah, October, we'll uh, start talking about that when it comes out. But in the meantime, if you love Fear the Walking Dead, keep watching it. Not necessarily for us. Sundays on AMC, Talking Dead follows with the return of Chris Hardwick. Get some singled out. (laughs) All right. Uh, Last week, we also talked about a new Star Trek series starring uh, Sir Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard. Loss! which obviously has a lot of Star Trek fans excited. Uh, this week, it was announced that Star Trek Discovery, so sort of the, the flagship Star Trek uh, series for CBS All Access. Did you just call it Star Trek? <laughs> Star Trek, Star Trek. It's all it the same. Star Trek, yes. Yes, that's what I look like, <laughs> To be fair, we're recording a little bit later than we're used to, so uh, we've had a whole day ahead of us uh, before we started this. So if I mix my words a little bit, just bear with me. Yes, I'm super excited for this new Star Trek. It's super cool. (laughs) All right, Star Trek Discovery announced uh, earlier on that they were bringing Captain Pike into the fold. Now they're bringing in their version of 
Spock. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what is so freaking funny? Captain Pike. That's his name. <laughs> no, it just sounds funny. <laughs> Continue, Mr. Spock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Tell me more. Maybe you need to slow down on that uh, little cocktail you made there. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. In any case, they're uh, bringing Spock into the fold. This version of Spock is being played by an actor named Ethan Peck. Um, I recognize the face. I'm not exactly sure where I've seen him before. Um, The Gap. (laughs) <laughs> that could be. <laughs> oh man! I, I well, mean, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I'm looking at him right now too. I I don't recognize him, and I kind of look at it this way. If you don't know what he's from, then because you're you're Mister Knowledge, you're not only the voice of the show, but you're also the brains of the show because you you just you know the name drops. You're good. Yeah, just looking through, I guess his most popular role was uh, the Justin Timberlake movie In Time. And then he was also with Nick Cage in The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Woo! Other than that, don't really recognize anything else he's done. Just All right, you had me at Justin Timberlake. <laughs> in any case, he's got the right look for Spock. Uh, Obviously, we had Zachary Quinto in the J.J. Abrams movies, which, uh, as we mentioned last week, were our favorite versions of the Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, What the hell is going on? We're talking Star Trek. I think that was the theme song. That sounds like Nightmare Before Christmas, (laughs) like some Tim Burton thing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was the theme song for Captain Pike. Wow, this is a freaking goofy episode for us. (laughs) In any case, if you enjoy Star Trek on CBS All Access, uh, this upcoming season will feature a new Spock and, yes, Captain Pike. (laughs) I don't know why Captain Pike sounds funny at 8.43 p.m. It just just does. It's It's all right. All right, moving on All right. to... <laughs> Bye, Star Trek. <laughs> so last week when we were recording, as we were recording, it broke that they had cast the actress who was going to be playing Batwoman in the upcoming CW series, starting off with the crossover event uh, that features um, The Flash, Green Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, and Black Lightning. In any case, um, you've probably already seen it, but we might as well uh, announce it here uh, a little bit late, a week late. Uh, Actress Ruby Rose, um, you probably know her from Orange is the New Black, if you have Netflix. She is going to be playing Cat Kane, Batwoman, not Batgirl. Don't mix that up with uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Uh, Batwoman was released as part of the New 52 when DC went through and uh, basically reboot all of their superheroes. Uh, The thing that's interesting about this casting, or this character in general, is that Batwoman is going to be the first 
openly gay superhero depicted on uh, TV in a starring role, which uh, Ruby Rose is uh, definitely part of the LGBT community. Um, and she's even said that, uh, you know, she's thrilled and honored that she got uh, the ability to do this. It's been a childhood dream of hers. And the fact that uh, she's representing a character that's part of that community um, excites her uh, beyond belief. Um, it should be interesting. I mean, depending on how you feel about that whole topic, we're not going to get into it. As an actress, she's a very good actress. I think she will do the character justice, and it'll be interesting to see her take on it. Yeah, she looks like in her promo pic that they have for this, she looks like a badass. I think, and <clears throat> we'll put it on our Instagram uh, feed if you follow that. Uh, we'll update that when we uh, recap episode four. We'll include this photo, but I I think she's going to be great with it. And on top of that, as we've talked about, I think in our first – no, our second episode where we actually got to talk about <clears throat> uh, the CW shows and things like that because of – the first one was our E3. Or, well, well oh, E3. Oh, wow. It's one of those. Like, wow, no. <laughs> Mixing um, up the conferences. Oh my God. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I was looking at uh, an ad that popped up. It said E3. Anyways, wow, San Filippo. Get on, this is one of those episodes for me this week, apparently. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say, though, is uh, we've talked about CW, how they do uh, their DC shows right. Uh, DC, they may not have the movie universe tied in really well, but they do a damn good job with their shows. Um, the, the testament is uh, Flash and Arrow, how they're still on and they still captivate the audience and stuff. And, you know, I think this this is going to be great. Actually, yeah. I'm. It looks cool. And it's all thanks to their executive producer, a guy by the name of Greg Berlanti. Uh, he's the guy who heads up the whole Arrowverse, and he is stepping into the DC Universe live action series as well. So he heads up uh, the new Titan series, uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Doom Patrol, and uh, whatever else they have on there. So I don't know if those will all exist as part of the same universe. But at least we know they're in good hands with Greg Berlanti. Uh, the other quick thing about Ruby Rose is I had read in the middle of the week that uh, at least temporarily she decided to quit Instagram and Twitter because she was getting so much pushback on uh, being Batwoman and being a gay character. For those of you who don't know Batwoman, she's a gay character in the comic books. So there shouldn't be any pushback because they're acting accurately representing uh who the character is so you know again depending on what side you fall of of that debate again that's between you and the universe but uh i think as a character as an actress she'll do a fantastic job 100 percent agreed look forward to it yeah so uh shifting from tv over to movies uh the weekend box office movies. yeah <laughs> this past weekend uh obviously meg came out and uh speaking of ruby rose she is in that movie as well and it took the box office for the weekend pulling in 44.5 million dollars million <laughs> with an m uh, which means that Mission Impossible Fallout was pushed to second place uh, after being in first place for the last two weeks. Uh, it made $20 million over the weekend. Uh, Christopher Robin, which was in third place with $12.4 And I heard that movie was just shit. I, uh, 
you know, from the people that I know who have seen it, uh, my boys went and saw it. They really enjoyed it. My parents took them. Uh, they enjoyed it as well. I haven't seen it personally, so I can't comment. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know where it stands Rotten Tomatoes wise, but it, it to me, it seems like half the people love it, half the people hate it. Um, there's really no sort of in-between. There's a... Well, I'll let you finish this up. I'm sorry. I threw you off. I shouldn't have commented right away. You Continue, Mr. Mister Movie Voice. Dirty bastard. All right. I um, ruined it. Fourth place was the horror movie Slender Man. Uh, I saw one preview for it. No desire to see that movie. Uh, made $11.3 million, but it... Uh, it Looks like it's averaging about 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's you know that that's a quality movie right there. And then uh, in fifth place, you got uh, the Spike Lee movie Black Klansman uh, at $10.7 million. I've heard actually that that movie is fantastic. Um, you know, it's a based on true story movie about a uh, black agent who uh, works with a white agent to infiltrate the KKK and uh, help bring them down. So uh, that one, I don't know if I'll get to the theaters to see, but uh, I'll definitely check out once it comes out on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, wherever it shows up. Yeah, I've heard the same thing about it. Good, heard good things. Um, now, what did you, uh, what were you going to say before? Oh, before I before I can before I chimed in at Christopher Robin, there's a yes. there's a there's a there's a spoof horror tra- trailer out there for it, and it's so well done because it looks <clears throat> with the way they do it, it's so creepy. Like I'll find it and I'll put it on our uh, Facebook page on our Proton Pack podcast Facebook page. Oh, really? Um, so 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 you guys can watch it, but it it makes me chuckle. <laughs> I like a lot of things tonight, apparently, but uh, it's just um. I heard that Disney's actually going to try to do a – since Marvel has the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they kind of want to do a live-action Disney Cinematic Universe where – Which they've already With all started. these reboots. Yeah. yeah, so this is weird. I don't know where Christopher Robin falls into that. I don't know if that one necessarily does, but they've got Dumbo coming out next year. They've got uh, – I just saw a picture of the actress who's playing Mulan. It's a uh, um, – it was an official release from Disney. They're working on a live-action Lion King. And, of course, they already did the Jungle Book a uh, year, year and a half ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous for some of these, like Lion King. That was one of my favorites as a kid. It's animated. And uh, same with Aladdin. Yeah, They are like, doing Aladdin, fav- yep. That's my favorite, yeah. So hopefully it ends up being good. Uh, Will Smith's going to be the genie in that, so hmm. we'll see. And then uh, also speaking of spoof trailers, uh, I don't know if you saw it, Tone. It's hilarious. There's a, a trailer or a video called Train Spotting Pooh, which somebody expertly edited together Christopher Robin and Train Spotting with Ewan McGregor, and it is genius. So we'll put that up there as well. Perfect. So two trailers for you guys to look forward to on our Facebook page. So look forward to that uh, by the time this podcast hits. Exactly. So, um, before we move on from the Meg, I know we're about to jump onto the next movie topic. Yeah. Did you get to see this movie? I did not. <laughs> um, quick bite-sized review for you. If you have... Well, the woe is me movie pass if it lets you <laughs> go use it if you're matinee go see it 
And if you have the AMC A plus rewards, go see it. But if you have to pay full price, do not see it. It's <laughs> it's it, it's campy. It's cheesy. It's ridiculous. Now, is it meant to be campy and cheesy, or is it trying to be serious and it just comes off as campy and cheesy? No, I think it. I think it's trying to be campy. I mean, something about Jason Statham. Uh, water skiing in the mouth of a megalodon with a cable is kind of goofy. <laughs> it, but it's you know, all you like need I don't say. know if that's yeah. <laughs> so you get a chance. There you go. Um, I do like the little kid actor in there. I mean, she's pretty funny. But other than that, um, yeah, interesting movie. Definitely not along the lines of Jaws for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, so moving on from the weekend box office to uh, geriatric uh, action stars, both Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone teased their upcoming projects, which, surprise, surprise, are reboots of their old projects. Uh, the first one was Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, basically training and helping out uh, actor Gabriel Luna, who's going to play another Terminator in the upcoming Terminator movie. Which, as we mentioned in, I don't know if it was the last turn or the one before, is a direct sequel to Terminator 2. They're forgetting everything that came out after that, which gives me hope. But, I mean, Arnold's getting up there in age. I don't know. Hey, who are you calling out the page? I'm coming back to redo the last action hero. Jack Slater will be back. Do not tell, do not tell Sylvester Stallone, the little girly man. He can suck it. Terminator 3.0 with my buddy James Cameron producing and Linda Hamilton is back. Go see it. Terminator 3. Reboots of the reboots. Next year. Last Action Hero 2 coming directly to Hulu. Coming soon. Do it. Do it now. I want to see Jingle all the way to. With my buddy Sinbad. I like it. Good call. <laughs> Yeah, Sinbad's uh, one guy who's due for uh, coming back. Yeah, I like Sinbad. <laughs> All right. <Not. laughs> the, the, the other social media tease was Sylvester Stallone, and it was a graphic, not graphic in the terms of nudity or, or um, violence, but just like a art piece version of him as Rambo, basically teasing the upcoming Rambo 5, which is supposed to start filming soon. Uh, he put caption in one of the images, the devil came from Arizona, and the other, a savage rising soon. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I oh, know he, man. he was developing a sequel called Rambo Savage Hunt. Don't know if this is that's what this is going to be uh, called, but uh, apparently the sort of elevator pitch to this upcoming one is a movie about uh, a girl who's kidnapped by sex traffickers who turn out to be members of a violent drug cartel. The older Rambo agrees to find slash rescue her, which based on that is telling me that he is basically remaking Sicario 2. You, that's funny. Yeah, I was just thinking when you say savage, I, I think Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> I know he's dead, but that would have been awesome. And, and... Oh, yeah, Sylvester Stallone, yeah, brother, yeah, John Rambo, yeah, it's a savage time in the jungle with the Randy Savage, yeah, dig it. <laughs> that would be something I'd pay to see. 
Randy Ooh, Macho Man yeah. Savage and Sly Stallone together. I'm coming for you, Sly Stallone. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any uh, other thoughts on uh, Schwarzenegger or Stallone there, Tone? No, I liked him back in the day, but I mean, I am, I will give Sylvester Stallone this. I mean, they, he doesn't look as old as Arnie. Um, I am looking forward to seeing Creed two later this year. I am too. Um, his, his, his Rocky spinoff. Cause Creed one was great. Um, and we ain't talking the shitty band from, from the late nineties. <laughs> With arms wide open. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know. Terminator three. I'm I've kind of lost interest in the Terminators. Like the the first Terminator three with Catherine Brewster, I actually didn't mind that one so much. It was everything after that kind of just was like me. Yeah, they they weren't that great. But uh, no, as we're looking at this, you know what? I'm actually kind of excited. If you're still on this page, um, I'm looking forward to this Pet Cemetery remake that you had posted on our. Uh, on our Instagram, or I mean, excuse me, our Facebook page earlier. Yeah, um, you know, as I mentioned on there, that all of the projects that seem to be coming out that are Stephen King related, starting off with last year's It, seem to be headed in the right direction. For the longest time, the Stephen King uh, made-for-TV movies, they were campy, they were weird, but somebody's finally figured out how to do them right. Uh, Pet Cemetery, the original, was fantastic for the time. Doesn't quite, oh, it's creepy. Yeah, doesn't quite hold creepy. up today the same way it did then. But, I mean, they're headed in the right direction. Uh, the other one I'm really excited about is Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. Ooh, that'll be great. Yeah. All so, right. Moving but, on. yeah, no, that's it. Perfect. Moving on from the Terminator universe to a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Ewan McGregor has once again sort of resurfaced with the rumors that he would be taking on Obi-Wan Kenobi again. Uh, he basically came out on The View and said, I would totally do it, of course. There's no plans uh, such as to do it as far as I know. So even though the rumor mill has been spinning, what the hell was that? <laughs> they continue. <laughs> Anyway. I'm trying to play Mr. S- I was trying to play Mr. Sound Effects here. <laughs> little Obi action. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should give you a heads up and not spring these sound effects on you. Yeah, I had no idea what it was or if our <laughs> uh, like, connection going was, on? was going out. I had no idea. <laughs> anyway, so uh, McGregor himself suggested that uh, that point in the series storyline would be a good place for an Obi-Wan film. Um, suggested perhaps another actor take it up. He said uh, there must be a good story as they're doing the spinoffs. Uh, there's likely to be a good Obi-Wan between me and Alec Guinness in that time. Uh, and then we reported a couple weeks ago that uh, Lucasfilm and Disney has basically put their Star Wars stories movies on the back burner. We don't know if they're going to pick them up again. Uh, it'd be pretty cool to see an Obi-Wan uh, movie. I know they were developing a Boba Fett movie, which would have been fantastic. But uh, with what they figured Solo being the bomb that it was, which even, it still made a shit ton of money, um, they decided to put those on the back burner. A little bit well, of a bummer. Did they? It's Well, it's a bummer, too, because 
the problem with the Disney standalone stories is not that the standalone stories are we're getting too much Star Wars. I think the problem with Solo and the reason why it crapped out is they picked kind of a random t- – I mean you you had Avengers Infinity War take up the beginning mm-hmm. of May and you jammed too many damn good movies at once. I think Solo would have benefited uh, from a couple things. If they would have moved it more to the 4th of July box office to go up against the Purge, yep. it would have kicked the pur- it would have kicked the Purge's ass. You would have pushed it back here to the month of August where there's not Jack Squat coming out like this week. Come on. Oh, would have what been What do you huge. got coming out? Crazy rich Asians. No offense to the people that want to see that. That's great, but Solo would have kicked its ass. Um it would have, you know, Mile 22 is the other big flick coming out this week with Ronda Rousey and Mark Wahlberg. Looks awesome. But if Solo was coming out this week, I mean, they could have capitalized so much better if Solo did not come out at the end of May. I mean, sure, they want to capitalize on that Memorial Day. Screw that. You would have done way better attacking Independence Day weekend or the August box office. Easy. So they really got their marketing and planning development team to blame for that. They also have, uh, in my opinion, uh, Obi or excuse me, uh, Han Solo <laughs> being one of the biggest. I was, I'm just really, we're on the Obi page, so right, I'm like, crap, right. my brain, my brain doesn't work tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I am in rare form, uh, or maybe I'm like this all the time, and I'm just tired when I record the podcast normally. <laughs> um, no, but the thing is, is you take an iconic character played by Harrison Ford, it's hard to see anybody else play him. Even though you know they're going for a younger story and we know it's the pre you know, it's the beginning of him. It can't be Harrison Ford. It's hard to see anybody else play that character. Yeah, those are so huge I, shoes to fill. Exactly. And and I think that also did it a disservice. Now, if you do an Obi Wan Kenobi movie with you and McGregor, because he's done it in the uh, the original prequels the movie would work. I agree. It 100% would work. And I think if you don't have him in there, I don't think it's going to work as well. I think you're going to get backlash. I, I truly do. I'm sure there might be another good actor to put in there. But if you and McGregor, why not? Why not use him? Because he's right at that age today where he would fit where Obi would be. You know, before the Alec McGinnis era. I mean, it just would work. McGinnis is he a uh, uh, value meal uh, beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McGinnis. McGinnis. Yeah. <laughs> McGinnis. <laughs> I know it's Guinness. <laughs> we're just going with this, man. We just make it more fun when we're just when we're screwing up. Yeah. It's you. You had your first two weeks, and it's, it's just my idea no, to I... rain on the. <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying, though. I mean, he it's 18 years since The Phantom Menace came out. He's aged that much since then. I, I think the time is right for him to head back to that role. And I think it's a story that if they get the right writer, if they get the right director, uh, people would want to see. Absolutely. And don't open against other big flicks. Right. Yeah, that was Dude, a there's huge a re- mistake. Like. Yeah, that that's that's totally on Disney for getting greedy and putting it there. It's almost like, and I'm calling it now. Remember this on episode four, when they release Shazam next year, DC. They're releasing it at the end of April, but that's when Avengers four. They're going to push that sucker up. You know they're advertising May third of next year to drop that, but you know they're going to push it a week early. 
to capitalize on another week of box office, it's going to hurt Shazam. Shazam would be better off releasing it in like the month of August or something, not when there's another big uh, juggernaut movie going up against them. Just, just I don't get why theaters or why studios don't understand that. Attack the attack weekends where there's nothing going on. Well said. Couldn't have said it better yeah. myself. All right. Before we jump over to the next story, uh, we're taking a, a quick break. Uh, we are now, what is this, fourth episode in? It is. Fourth episode. Yeah. So uh, at this time, I mean, again, we want to thank uh, everybody who's been listening, who's been engaging with us uh, online, on Facebook, on Instagram. And uh, we've gotten to a point now where, uh, you know, we're ready to take on some advertisers. If you have a business or there's something you're looking to promote, uh, something that fits in well with uh, what we do here, the subject matter, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, we're putting together four advertising spots available uh, to basically the four, first four people that uh, are interested. And uh, as long as you hold on to that spot, it's yours. Uh, so reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us at protonpackpodcast at gmail.com or directly message us through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hawk your wares and uh, obviously get you guys some more business in the meantime. Absolutely. also want to give a fan shout out to Ramon Adrian. Uh, thank you so much for the support, brother. And uh all the nice uh, kind of words you say on our uh, Facebook page as well as Instagram and uh, sharing it with uh, your fellow nerds. So thank you guys so much um, for the support. Uh, we continue to grow, um, but weekly the the numbers of downloads and uh, fans we're getting on uh, and just the reception on this is awesome. So thank you. We're going to keep doing it as long as you guys keep listening. Exactly. And, uh, and we're going to do it if you stop listening too, but – yeah, we appreciate true. that you do listen. So, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on from Star Wars universe over to Marvel universe adjacent uh, is Sony Spider Man. So we talked last week about uh, Venom. Uh, you know, we talked about Venom trailer three that came out. Uh, it looks pretty awesome. Um, the one thing that we could do whatever we. What to do? Damn, that was spot on. <laughs> that was good. Um, All right. So Sony has basically labeled what their Spider-Man adjacent universe is called, and it's called Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters. Keep going. Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm enjoying the music. What can I say? <laughs> Well, now I can't even shut it off. <laughs> okay. All right. So in any case... That should be the last, like, weird sound bite I'll throw at you. <laughs> we... <clears throat> wow. I inhaled the wrong way. <clears throat> Did you inhale a spider? Yeah. Man? So with Venom... Uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man is not going to be a part of that movie. Uh, at this point, there's no plans to make him part of this Spider-Man adjacent Marvel Universe. Uh, but eventually, I think they'd like to bring him back into the fold. Uh, Venom is going to be the first movie to come out in that universe itself. Um, 
one thing that uh, obviously we might as well talk about it now. Uh, the brass over at Sony has, they're still kicking it around, but if they do this, I think it's the biggest mistake ever. They originally promised Venom was going to be an R-rated movie, which I think it needs to be. Now they're backpedaling a little bit and saying they may edit it down to be a PG-13 to push the limits of PG-13, as they said. But I think that would do this movie a huge disservice. Yeah, I think if you it, it it'd be kind of like watering down Deadpool and um you know, it you can have R-rated movies. I mean, in the uh, superhero genre, um if it needs to be dark and it's got to have it, I mean, don't water down the source material just to get more money cuz you're going to ruin the story. I mean, you just take away from it. Exactly. And not only that, but you know, if they bring Venom, you know, if Spider-Man ends up, ends up coming back to Sony, um, you know, in full force and that bring Venom into that fold, you can make that a PG-13 movie. But Venom is a standalone movie. It was touted as a, essentially a horror movie uh, with everything you'd expect from an R rating. I think they need to keep it there. I do too. And, and I agree with you. If you do incorporate Spider-Man, because Spider-Man is so well known with, you know, the youngsters and just everyone in general, that's even not comic book fans. Um, you got to keep that PG-13 because that's it's family friendly. Now, Venom, like you said, it's dark, it's twisted, and it, it, this is his story. So, yeah, it a- absolutely needs to be told the right way. And I think Tom Hardy's going to do a fantastic job. Um, I have good hope. I have good hopes for it. It looks great. It's definitely not Eric Foreman, so that's a plus. <laughs> AKA Topher Gray. Ooh, so, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be good. Yeah. So beyond Venom, obviously, Sony's digging a little bit deeper into their repertoire of heroes slash anti-heroes for movies they can make as part of this universe. Uh, The other one they announced was Morbius the Living Vampire, which unless you're a big fan of Spider-Man or watch the Spider-Man cartoon, you're probably not familiar with him. Uh, Jared Leto is already cast to be playing the character. It'll be interesting to see the take on it, uh, but I don't think he's a big enough name really to to sort of hold his own movie unless they do an amazing job with it, uh, similar to uh, James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy. Never heard of them before. I have, but a lot of people hadn't. Uh, right. You know, but... I wonder if he's going to be like the punk, like a punk joker, punk rock Morbius. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, the other movie that they announced was a uh, movie called Silver and Black, which was supposed to feature Silver Sable and Black Cat. Uh, two weeks ago, they announced that they were separating those out as their own standalone movies. Uh, more likely having Black Cat as the first movie to come out and then Silver Sable coming out after that. And then maybe they might bring them together at a later point in time. Again, if you're not a fan of the Spider-Man universe, you may not be super familiar with who these characters are. But if they do it right, who knows? Yeah, to me, this is what, just just in my opinion, what I would do with uh, with those kinds of characters, um, I would work with, with Marvel to still... Okay, so if this is going to be essentially, I know... Do you want to say what it, they're going to call it? Should we just say that now? Uh, uh, what th- Sony's planning? I think or maybe I said you it earlier, did. but 
Yeah, you might have. Well, it's it's so to me, it's a dumb name. It's, it is. It's the universe of Marvel characters. Sony's just call universe it, of Marvel characters. Yeah, well, get rid of the damn Sony. We don't give a shit that it's Sony's <laughs> Spider. We know it's Sony. Okay, we get it. Like you don't need to whip it out. We know what it is. Okay, you got the big Spidey. We understand. I personally think call it the Spider Verse. That's that's a cooler way to say it. In totally. My opinion. Call it that because that's what it is. It get rid of the Marvel name. Like you can be in association with Marvel, whatever. But I think what they're gonna need is you have to have a centerpiece. Your centerpiece has got to be Spider Man. That's the only way this. I think this is gonna work. You got to have him as your four. He's got to be the one to introduce these characters. I don't think you just spring these characters out. The average person that doesn't know about comic books or doesn't know, they're just going to be like, oh, it's another comic book movie. Oh, it's just another superhero movie. Oh, it's it's one of those. And I don't think you can build a universe just by doing that. I think that's kind of going the way of the way things that DC does things, in my opinion. I think, you know, still have a good relationship with the MCU for Spider-Man, you know, of course, when Sony can make the movies, start introducing villains like Morbius the Vampire. Start bringing in people like, you know, Black Cat or Silver Sable. Have them intertwine with these movies, then branch out. Or, since Netflix is not going to really be having much say with the Disney stuff anymore once Disney launches their streaming service, why not partner with Hulu or Netflix Make shows of these characters, kind of like they did with a Jessica Jones, a Luke Cage. Um, you know, get these smaller characters and intertwine them a different way. I mean, I think that might be the better way to go. Maybe that's just the geek in me coming out. I mean, obviously, this is not my job, and it's just my opinion. What do you think? I totally agree. You know, it's it's it feels a little rushed. I think Sony is just grasping at straws to make their own universe. I mean... We talked about Morbius and Silver Sable, Silver Sable and Black Cat. I mean, these are the B-grade Spider-Man people. I didn't even get into the other three movies that they're working on. One is Silk, which unless you are a current Spider-Man reader following it, you have no idea who Silk is. Uh, Silk is a Korean-American superhero. Her name's Cindy Moon. She was bitten by the same spider as Peter. And she's basically a female version of Spider-Man. But she's not Spider-Gwen. And she is not Spider-Woman. She is Silk. Uh, but again, if you come from our era of comic books and you stopped at some point, you have no idea who she is. Then it gets even worse. From there, they're working on a character named Jackpot, who, uh, depending on which version they go with, is either a pregnant scientist or dependent on superpower-granting drugs. Now, I've been a comic book fan for a long time, and Jackpot is one of the way outliers in the Spider-Man universe. And then from there, they're looking at developing a cheap Spawn ripoff uh, in a character named Nightwatch. Which, uh, again, why? Why grasp at these straws? Work them in naturally. Um, you know, there are other Spider-Man characters that you can develop out and work your way from there. You know, don't just try and excuse the language, throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. 
No, that's the DC way of doing things, man. And this is I know I I agree with you. So far, it doesn't work. This is it's a bad idea. A, it's already a stupid name for their universe. Sorry, it's dumb. Um, and and you got it. You got a centerpiece with Spider Man. That's fine. But but if and here's another problem they're going to run into as well. If they if they don't use Tom Holland, and that's fine if they don't. But I'm just saying again, my opinion. Um. You recast Spider-Man again, you're going to annoy the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. They're sick They're sick of seeing him recast, right? Like, the number one thing I hear when I talk Spider-Man with non-comic book or just casual fans, the number one thing they tell me is, oh, they, they, there's another one of those? Oh, who is it? This Who's playing him this time? Oh, they switch him all the time. Um, where they should focus and where they're doing something right is in December – when they're doing their, uh, you know, the the animated Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. into the Spider-Verse, I think that's a great idea. That that's totally cool. Um, but if you're going to make a universe, you got it. You got to do it naturally, and that's what Marvel did. Marvel wasn't just like, oh, we we're going to release this movie and this movie and this movie. Like it was all strategically planned, and then. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was just kind of a random one. I don't even think it initially was going to even be tied to any of it. But then when it took off, they're like, oh, how do we incorporate that into the MCU? <laughs> okay, this is how we're going to do it. And it, it's perfect. And essentially, perfect. it's branching the MCU off into the galactic MCU universe versus the standard Marvel universe. And then you're going to see, you know, Captain Marvel's part of that galactic universe they're working on a nova movie um you know it ha- it branches out into a whole new direction that's still exciting and will feature characters that are tied in to the original core group oh yeah oh and I, on another little side tangent since we're talking comic books right the second comic book movies one of the things i was reading after they're done with the thanos uh storyline and everything next year mm-hmm. they're looking well, now once once the disney fox merger goes through and they get the rights to x-men and fantastic 4 they're looking at since they have the galactic universe they're looking at trying to make galactus as the next big bad oh that would be so cool yes and doing right? it right so he's not a giant smoke monster Yes. Yes. So, uh, so there's see like that universe does it right. Kevin Feige, he, uh, the guy, he just, he's got it dialed in and I'm excited for that. I am not excited for the Sony universe. I, I think it's a bad idea Yeah. now, but, but if, Venom looks cool. Yeah. Now we'll if, say that if the brass at Sony are listening, which they're not, but let's pretend here's how I would bring the Spider-Man, Sony, Universe of Marvel characters back together. We know that Tom Holland, his version of Spider-Man, is signed on for not only the next Avengers movie, but also Spider-Man Far From Home. As part of Far From Home, don't know if it's already part of the plan, that wording could basically tie into the fact that there is a Spider-Verse, and so that the Sony Universe exists in a separate part of the Spider-Verse. And at some point in that movie, at the end of the movie, he comes back to this Sony version of the Spider-Man universe. And then from there, you can have Spider-Man as the launching pad for these characters. 
take it or leave it. That's the way I think it should go. Um, if they do end up going in that direction and giving all of the rights back to Sony, I think they should still have people from Marvel in touch and involved uh, just to keep the essence of the character the way it should be because they nailed it on Homecoming. They nailed it in Infinity War. They nailed it in Civil War. Um, I mean, this is the most true-to-comic Peter Parker Spider-Man that I've seen. Agreed. And I think, too, like you said, if you do it right where you stay on a good relationship with uh, the MCU, you know, and Disney, and you can coexist as studios, I think that's only a positive for not only comic book fans, uh, but both um, both the MCU and uh, Sony's universe of Marvel characters. <laughs> I hate that name. You sound so thrilled. I'm calling. I'm calling it the Spider Verse. I think Spider Verse is go. better. All right. But but that's right. You tie that in. And it just makes sense. And I mean, I mean, here's just real grind my gears kind of what. <laughs> so instead of introducing all these random ass characters that only like a few of us have heard of, maybe look at start bringing like where they tried to do like they they failed miserably at trying to get the Sinister Six. But if you could pull off a Sinister Six, uh, a Sinister <laughs> Six movie and do it right. But if you incorporate that, like if you can get some of these villains to get into the MCU and you can incorporate stuff, it would make people care more about these characters. They'd invest more time into Sony's universe if they could coexist in the MCU somehow. It doesn't have to be a big part of the MCU, but maybe tie some of that together just might be a good thing. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of Marvel and Disney, and uh, we might as well start calling this ongoing segment as the nerd world turns. Uh, James as Gunn. As the nerd world turns, there's drama everywhere. <laughs> might want to work we'll on work that on a little bit. Song. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. In any case, <laughs> James Gunn. So, um, who? <laughs> Star Lord, man. Yeah. yeah. In like any it. case, it was uh, reported. Uh, let's see, today's the fifteenth. Uh, about five days ago, that the execs at Marvel Studios are approaching the execs at Disney, lobbying to try to get James Gunn back into the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three fold. Now, it was already reported that Disney had decided potentially to use Gunn's finished screenplay, uh, which would be great. We talked about that last week, and obviously you wouldn't have to worry about losing uh, Batista. But, uh, you know, I, Marvel executives, I mean, they believe that James Gunn is the key to making a fantastic Guardians movie. And, uh, you know, obviously we won't get into everything we talked about with... Um, you know the the Twitter comments and and what had happened in the past versus who he is now. But if this is actually true, uh, that would be a great relief, especially for fans of the Guardian series. Yeah, no, it would be a would be a huge thing if they brought him back. And and here this goes back to the beginning of the of the show where we talked about Chris Hardwick. You know, I mean. Well, this, this I guess is a little different because the guy really did do these. You know, he said those bad things right. in the beginning, 
But it was so old and Disney knew about it. And I think that's shame on Disney. Maybe they shouldn't have hired him from the beginning then. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> oh, James Gunn. What? All right. And uh, the second half is As the Nerd World Turns is the as ongoing. The nerd World Turns. Yeah. I'm not sure that's much better. <laughs> No, it was shitty. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the new world turns, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie pass fiasco is ongoing. <laughs> that is a mouthful to say. Movie pass fiasco. Uh, movie it, pass fiasco. Things just keep getting worse and worse. So it's parent company, Helios and Matheson. Uh, they are a publicly held company. They've got shareholders, and the shareholders just filed a class action lawsuit, basically saying they were lied to about MoviePass's business model and that they were misled. To give you an idea, this last quarter, MoviePass, the business, lost $126.6 million. Their shares <gasps> dropped. What? Yeah. Their shares, so... <laughs> The people, the the public who owns the company, their shares are now worth a nickel apiece. Let that sink. Okay, so, okay, so a company lost one hundred twenty-six point six million million dollars, and their stocks are at five cents. Yeah. And it's wow. not uncommon for businesses to lose money as they're getting started and working things out, but that's huge. Um, real quick, I'm giving pulling up uh, just a quick. So Tesla, for instance, their last quarter loss was $121 million. Tesla, who actually provides a physical product that you can go out spend a lot of money to buy it actually works lost less money than movie pass let that one sink in <laughs> i let it sink yeah there you go um the other thing that i was reading is that as recently as last week uh movie pass customers have complained that the company has been resubscribing them after they've canceled the service so they're like, screw this, I'm out, cancel. And then all of a sudden they're being charged still. And then others who are trying to cancel have been given an error message, basically not allowing them to unsubscribe. So, I mean, they're, they're going down fast. That's just when you think like they can't get like worse. And I, and I feel bad, like for the okay so for the company that you know that launched it and everything it's like it was a good idea i mean on paper it was like hey let's uh, because movie ticket prices are ridiculous they're expensive and if you see a lot of movies then it makes sense to do it a certain way and movie pass they they did it they had a good idea but unfortunately i agree it, there's no way you're going to sustain a business doing that and you cannot be wishy-washy and change your policies every week it you cannot survive a business doing that well and that's the thing you uh, you report like and to... who keeps loaning them money i know that's the i worst. don't understand that shit 
<laughs> There's a but, lot of shit on this episode, kids. I'm so sorry. We've dropped the, the S board. At least we didn't drop the F bomb. So this is still PG 13. It still falls into that PG 13 category. <laughs> so, in any case, if you're a MoviePass customer, we strongly suggest that you jump ship and bail as quickly as possible before. I don't know how it can get worse, but you never know. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what we're going to be talking about next week. I mean, we should put, like, you guys on our Facebook page or Instagram, wherever you guys follow us on social media, we, we should, like, you guys pick a date of the death of you past. There's going to be a day this thing dies. It, Ooh, it is. Under. Yeah, like, when it's just, like, randomly, just there's no way this thing could keep going. I mean... Uh, the only reason why I'm a member is because I bought it a year pass at uh, Costco last year when it was new. I mean, I paid ninety dollars for a year, and I've gotten I've gotten my use out of it. I've definitely, but I used it in months. I actually tried to use to watch the Meg, and I couldn't. Like, yeah, Seriously. couldn't. I had to go see. Uh, <laughs> I had to go see like a ten forty five showing, and I was like, nah, we're good. So I ended up using a uh, obviously my AMC A plus um, because I'm lucky enough to have AMC's here in in uh, Colorado. But uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like these guys, should, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. I mean, especially the renewing of people. That's that's just lawsuit. I mean, you are putting yourself in so much hot water, and you're already you're already drowning. Like, why do you want more shit upon shit? You know. <laughs> yeah, at this point, MoviePass is on life support. The DNR has been signed, and the doctor is on his way to the hospital room to pull that plug. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Just we'll see when it actually happens. I'm saying October 31st, Halloween, man. That I'm saying it'll happen well before that. All right, fans, <laughs> chime in on that one. I want to see some comments. Throw some dates. Plus, then I know you're listening to the show because you've survived this long into it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, moving away from movies into the world of video games. Adios. Uh, this, <laughs> this last week, uh, Madden 19 was released. Uh, Tony, I know you had a chance to at least play a little bit of it. Uh, give us your thoughts. So far, it's it's Madden. Um, graphics are great. I mean, they definitely upgraded the graphics. Um this year's version is definitely uh, they fixed up a lot of the mechanics to make it a more true to life feel. Um, they added uh, Jonathan Coachman uh, from ESPN, former wrestling commentator. Now he's with ESPN, I think. But nonetheless, he does some of the voiceover in uh, Madden this year. Um, definitely has a really cool like TV feel to it. I played. Uh, uh, a matchup between the Broncos and Vikings for preseason. And it was, uh, the graphics are wonderful. Um, and it falsely, falsely uh, portrays Paxton Lynch to be a good quarterback in this. <laughs> and Paxton, if you listen, I'm sorry, but you're just not a quarterback, bro. But, uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, in this game too, what I, there is a, they added a new feature last year. It was called long shot. And it's this, uh, it's about this guy who's, used to be he was a stud player in high school and then when he got to college he was a stud but when it was time to get to the draft he was he he did he couldn't make a team so um his dad died and so he has to 
get, he wants to get back into football. So he has to get on this reality show and earn it. And the storyline's kind of okay, but I mean, it's a different dynamic. So if you want to break away from just playing football, there's a story mode. Well, there's a sequel to the long shot, the continuing saga with um, the characters. Um, if you're into that, I'm, I am fortunately, I'm sorry. I don't know the names of it and all that, but uh, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, but it, it's, but it's in there. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's going to be introduced yeah. to story mode. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing, and for me, Madden is one of those 15-minute games that, uh, unfortunately, I don't have as much time these days to play video games like I used to. But Madden's a great one. The fighting games are great, where you can get in, get online, play a quick 15-minute game, and then get out again. Um, I wish I had more time for, for story-type games. I loved the Arkham series for Batman. Uh, I just don't have the time for it. So, uh, you know... Uh, if you do have the time, now you've got a story mode for Madden. If you don't have the time, quick online game. Yeah, absolutely. I would say yeah, absolutely. I would say it's definitely it's it's a pickup from last year. Um, graphics are fantastic, and uh, yeah, that's it. And just to chime in, it was uh, Devin Wade and Colt Cruz were the two main gotcha. characters from that. But um, yeah, but other than that, like you said, it's. You gotta have time for it, and it's a good the the, the football portion is a good pick me up on that. Nice. So, uh, and that's that's all I got to say about that. All right, uh, and then uh, coming out at the uh, second half of this year, there's two huge video games that people are excited about. One of them is Spider huge is spider-man ps4 which i'm looking forward to uh that's coming out uh relatively soon i want to say september 7th 7th. so you have yes that's less than less weeks the other one which comes out december 7th is super smash brothers ultimate which people are losing their minds about and uh i mean tons of characters tons of stages uh obviously it's only going to be a nintendo switch game uh but if you don't have a nintendo switch this is the reason to go pick it up uh oh absolutely oh man if you don't have a switch now i know unfortunately you don't yet you you gotta get a switch man this system is cool i don't use it for the on the go but man the games they're putting out for this and Continue on, Mr. Radio Man. No, I'm interrupted. Okay. This is I'm excited about so, this. So uh to to be fair, I mean the last time I really played Super Smash Brothers was when it originally came out on the Nintendo 64. Uh I've picked up the Wii U version here and there, but never really got into it. Uh this one looks exciting. Uh Tony, do you want to give sort of a rundown of uh, some of the new characters we'll be seeing in this version? Yeah, so they're taking so this version. What they're doing is they're taking every character. So from Smash Brothers One, from the GameCube version that was Melee, um, to the Wii U version, to this, every character they've ever had is going to be in this game. So you're already at like sixty four, sixty five characters right there. Now they just announced this week on their Nintendo Direct that they are bringing, they are including. Uh, Simon and Richter Belmont from the Castlevania nice. series, and it looks awesome. This is almost like somebody joked. This is like they should just call this game video game, uh, video game the video <laughs> game. Because I mean, in this, in literally in this fighting game, 
you have obviously the Nintendo characters like Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong. You can fight Sonic the Hedgehog in this game. You can fight Ryu from Street Fighter. You can fight um, the Splatoon characters. Uh, yeah, the Splatoon characters. You can fight uh, Pac-Man is in this one. Bomberman Super is Snake. in it. Um, yeah, from here. Um, so they're added. Uh, now you can do Castlevania. There's so many characters. I'm like, it's unreal. Um, they're adding King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong Country series. He's the big alligator guy. Um, and they're doing some dark characters. So like you can do Dark Samus, Dark Mario. Um, they're adding now kind of what one of my favorite things about uh, Marvel versus Capcom was the finishes. Yep. Like you'd build up for a super meter and you could just annihilate your character, you know, to finish them. In previous Spothers games, there was something called the Smash Ball. And you had to smash this ball to get the power to do a final smash. Really cool finish. And and what's great about this game is it is a button smasher. You do not have to be a fighting pro. It helps because there's technique to it. But you could just smash the buttons and have a hell of a lot of fun with this game. Um, but what's great about this is is they added meter to it. So now you can, during the fight, like a typical like Marvel versus Capcom or Street Fighter game, you can build up your super meter. So at any point, if you're getting your ass kicked and you just you're ready to unleash, you if you have enough of your super meter, you can hit a final smash. And they're saying that the game's going to start out with just the original characters from the Nintendo 64 version. So I think it's like eight characters. It's like Mario, Luigi, Wario, Donkey Kong, Yoshi, um, Samus from Metroid, and uh, three other characters off the top of my head. I think Pikachu. And a few others. They're going to start out that now as you play the game, you continuously unlock characters. So I remember that being a really fun, tedious thing at times, but fun in Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Dreamcast where you had to go in that little store. Like you'd have to play through the game and you'd have all those points and you had to go in the store and buy your characters. And it was like 56 Marvel characters and Capcom characters you got to unlock. So... You get to do this, but this game's also going to include um, stages that transform mid-match. So one minute you could be in Hyrule, the next minute you could be in the Mushroom Kingdom. You could be at Sonic's Green Zone level, then all of a sudden you're in Castlevania's Dracula's Castle. That, but tell me um, how many different stages. I was blown away when I saw this. Oh, hundred over a hundred different stages. Three different stages. Yeah. And and that's not even the final. That's not even the final. They're still going to add more characters before this drops. They haven't even announced all the characters yet. Um, there's a soundtrack with over 800 songs. I was reading. If you wanted to just listen to video game music, that's over like uh, 27 hours of music. <laughs> I, who's going to listen to that? But I mean, they jam that. Like you could be in like Castlevania was a good one when they showed the trailer. They played. Uh, like the original Nintendo Castlevania music, then they had a Super Nintendo version, and then they had remix versions, and they do the same with Mario, um, Mega Man. They have assist trophies, so assist trophies are kind of like uh, a throwback to like Marvel vs. Capcom 1, where you know you had two fighters, and then all of a sudden like Arthur from Ghouls and Ghosts would pop in and throw his uh, his Lancer Lariat nice. thing at you. 
Um, well, this one, like at some point, like they showed Mega Man fighting, and all of a sudden he called in. Uh, um, he called Zero from the Mega Man X series came in as the assist, and I think Bomberman's actually. If I I said Bomberman was in the game, I think he's an assist trophy. I don't think he's an actual okay. fighter, but um, still very cool. I mean, and I can't wait to see how it all comes together. The graphics are beautiful. Um, I'm geeking out about it because I love fighting games and. And this game's just fun for everybody. It reminds me a lot like the kind of fun you could have with like Mario Kart um, or just these pickup games. I think this is one like for you, Chris, where you don't have a lot of time with video games as I don't either as much as I love to think I have time for them all. I really don't. Um, these are the types of games where you can pick up, play a match or two, five, ten minutes and you're done and you roll. This is not something that's going to consume your life. It's not – the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is a fantastic game, but holy hell, you have to have some time on your hands. <laughs> well, um, and with you saying so, that, um, you know, I may hold out. There is a special bundle that I'm excited about. It's going to come with not only Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but it's also going to include a GameCube controller, which you can obviously use to play the game with, but just a awesome throwback to the old GameCube. I mean, it was a fun controller to play with. Um, you know, a little bit of a nostalgia sake, but uh, obviously, you know, Super Smash Brothers was on the GameCube. Uh, it'll play very much the same way with this controller. I think I'll probably pick up that bundle uh, when it comes out. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be good, and I know we're wrapping, we're, we're wrapping close to the end of the show, but... Uh, when we talk video games like next week or maybe the week after, I'll talk about Nintendo's online service that they're going to launch. And uh, we should have a Spider-Man review here in the next two weeks, which will be sweet. Um, but we'll definitely be talking more of this game. We'll we'll know more characters here in the next few weeks. And uh, we'll talk, uh, you know, one of the big things in the trailer reveal this week, too, was they showed uh, Luigi from like in his Luigi's Mansion gear. And he was roaming around Castlevania. And uh, the Grim Reaper came out with a with a what is that the, the sickle. little Sith thing, the sickle, and he swung it and actually killed Luigi and like Luigi's ghost is hovering. So there's a rumor like the big story mode in this game is they gotta go and find like you know get they gotta save Luigi's soul or something. I I don't know if that's such a good idea, but I mean the graphics for it it's awesome. I'll I'll get the trailer. Uh, for Simon Belmont, and I'll uh, I'll throw it on our uh, Facebook page, you know, and I might as well put it on Instagram yeah. too. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to have a video on there. <laughs> so, uh, well, definitely anything we talk about that, just so you guys know, if you follow us on Instagram, you follow us on Facebook, we will be putting on uh, the the things we talk about. Uh, we'll at least drop something there to alert you that episode four's out, and uh, yeah, we'll go with that. But uh, I. I'm going to shush on video game stuff because I was long-winded on Marvel. So <laughs> I'm going to cut back and because uh, I know we're wrapping up time, yeah, you know. Yeah. My producer's he's flashing the light. It's, it's time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that basically does it for this week. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Proton Pack Podcast. And again, if you're interested in advertising with us, reach out to us on email, protonpackpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that does it for this week. Uh, we will see you next week.
Brrr.